Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So hello and welcome back to Rock and Roll. Joining me this week, and just a disclaimer, I just like him as a guest. I'm not aligning myself with a cricket player man, you fan who likes barbecue-based pizzas here, guys. Let's keep it real and focus on the rugby content, okay? Thank you for those who will comment in. I appreciate you looking out for me, and I've ruled the my man part of the intro. It's just a turn of phrase. Ryan Wally's here. How are you doing, Ray? I'm very good, mate. How are you? I'm all right. You can see where this is going already this week. Uh, also with me, my our second guest for the week, uh, a man who on our horror film podcast has picked a TV show and whatever the fuck picnic at Anning Rock is. So I fully expect him to rock up tonight and talk about football and field hockey. Gavin Thomas is here. How are you doing, Gav? Yeah, very, very good. I've got no uh, football anecdotes. I probably will go from a tangent about Scooby-Doo at some point. I, I'm fully, you know, with any opportunity to talk about <laughs> Scooby-Doo and I am in. And despite what some pundits might say, there's proof that there's plenty of young talent coming through. And by young talent, I mean funny and sarcastic Twitter accounts. Ali Worthy is here. How are you doing, Ali? Are you all right? Yes, I'm not too bad. I do. I did you have your name down as Harley Worthy this time? I've definitely made sure I don't call you by the wrong name. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's all right. I called Will Robbie, so we, you're in a, a good crowd of people. How's our weeks gone before we dive into rugby? Because we've got a hell of a lot to go through. Um, it's been all right, mate. It's just pretty chill, to be fair. Um, work's been work. Cricket coaching started back up, so we're doing indoor stuff. Yeah, just been chilling, really. Every, I, I, I don't even know what that is as an answer, I'll be honest. It was <laughs> nothing's happened about cricket, and that would be that's worse than if nothing at all had happened for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I, played rugby, I played rugby against a student team where I was old as both the second rows playing against me. I was <laughs> older than both of them combined. <laughs> uh, I started up started because I'm that much a sadist. My lunchtime running club with all the guys in work, and 
took me up some absolutely horrific hills and it was like being my legs have been killing all week for the last two days, man. Again, I was out at running club. I'm like, it's not uh, yeah. I was like, I was out at running. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, Wally was out at run. <laughs> I've managed to uh to break two cars this week. Nice. So that's been a that's been a particular highlight of mine. I managed to get about uh, about half a mile from the house and knack of the suspension on my car. So I borrowed my mother's car for a day so I could get to work. Uh, and I managed to hit the pothole, dent the, t- dent the wheel, <laughs> and have to have a get hammered back into shape. So I'm having a good week, as you can tell. So. You want me to lend you my car? I want a new one. <laughs> <laughs> have you got good insurance? And what's the excess? Oh, 250 but it's with go compare so they they pay that for you well there we, there's not many podcasts where uh the plan to write off a car is done and recorded i think it's <laughs> this is probably a first but if, if you can't if you can't I, I didn't know it was illegal <laughs> <laughs> well i haven't got any wine or cheese but i've got a beer so i don't know if it counts as a business meeting or not yeah sorry i didn't know this was a podcast yeah <laughs> anyone's birthday i've got a call in the caterpillar somewhere we can, we can get <laughs> Anyway, should we dive into this week's news? Go ahead, mate. So, first of all, I did say we're not going to talk a lot about the Six Nations because we're going to do a Six Nations special this weekend. But we have got to talk about England's preparations for the tournament for two reasons. One is that this been fucking mental, despite the fact they've only been together for a few days. And two, I will come to shortly. So I was tipped off that they were going to have a chaotic time, which again doesn't make much sense at the moment. But so far, I think we've got Owen Farrell was named as captain despite clearly not being fit, was apparently fit, and is now again not fit. Joe Marler's got COVID, and their hotel caught fire. Has, has that covered everything so far? I mean, no, Eddie I Jones hasn't injured anyone through any training methods yet, so... They, I think off- you can also add to that that potentially Courtney Laws was going to be captain and potentially now going under, going through HIA protocols, so he may not be captain. Tom Carey was on the launch yesterday with all of the other captains, but there was nothing confirmed to say he was now going to be captain. Um, and yeah. George Ford, who obviously everyone loves as a 10, or Robbie loves as a 10, uh, is was, was, was not in the squad and is now in the squad. But it's strange because Farrell will probably play 12 and there's no natural replacement, I would say, to play 12 over Farrell. Now that he's not Slay the 12. Yeah. Slay the second playmaker. They haven't got another 10 of the in the squad, like Marcus Smith, but I mean, other than yeah. Marcus Smith. Uh, Man, the, the fullback was a moustache. I know, they got uh, Orlando Bailey, haven't they? Yeah, yeah. my, my rugby so knowledge. He's another 12 option. Mm-hmm. I, was I think say, they I, spend I, a lot of time at 12 as well. Yeah. Have they got a Joma win as well? Or I Furbank. Furbank. He's played 10. He played 10 against Tonga. <laughs> this is the trouble with Eddie, because as we know, he doesn't believe in positions. Everyone can play every position. We don't know who's covering 10 or who's covering 12. He's probably brought in George Ford to cover Hooker. Anything can happen with, with Eddie Jones. Well, if, he's Eddie, just... if Eddie doesn't know much about positions and he doesn't care about positions, I feel sorry for his wife. 
<laughs> Got in early with a sex book. I was so, going to say, he's lost his star flanker, Johnny May, because he's out now. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's the way it should be done. I think they should, he should pick his start in 15, and then they should all be given one dart each, and just whatever number they get on the dartboard, that's your position. Like I, a two-way game. What's that? Like a two-way game. Yeah. And everyone will have to wear a hat. I know somebody who picked their wedding date like that. Only you know him as well, by the way. Do I? Yeah, Tim, Daniel. <laughs> yeah, they got drunk and decided that let's get married. And she said, when? And he said, well, we'll pick up two darts. And then she said, well, what if I miss? He said, then we don't. And they set the date. And then it happened to be the same day as a fucking Wales Australia game, which I wasn't very happy with. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So the other weird thing about these England preparations is one of our friends does tarot readings. Mm-hmm. She's given me tarot readings for the last, the autumn that's just gone and the Six Nations that came before it. Yeah. And so genuinely, and I've got proof of this, and obviously they're all date stamped when they were sent to me because they were all either sent by email or by WhatsApp. So for the Six Nations, she said Wales will, she said, I can't quite understand it because it's saying Wales will be victorious, but it's suggesting that Wales will fall short and I can't work out how that can be. And that was last year, wasn't it? That was last year, yeah. Wales won the tournament and missed out on the Grand Slam in the last seconds. Yeah. So I was like, hey, imagine that. She's got that bang on. And then when she did the cards for the autumn, she said there's a lot revolving around the seven card. And she said, whoever is seven is going to have a, a good... And obviously on the back of it, all the praise was for Team Basham and Ellis Jenkins. So I'm re- so I'm just going to show you, right? Because obviously, as I keep saying, this is... a. This is an audio, not a visual podcast. Well, do you want to describe? This is what she said is the main card. So she said the middle card that gets drawn is the card that influences the other cards. So this is, and she described as, this can mean chaos to me before this happened with England. But can you describe that card for me there? Um, That appears to be dragons. More important, that big building in the middle and what it says underneath. The tower. The tower, which yeah. is on fire. <laughs> this was England's cards. Yeah. <laughs> With the main card that was pulled was the tower card. And not all the tower cards are the same, but this one's on fucking fire. <laughs> I mean... But does it also appear that the tower is on fire from dragons? Hence, whales are going to Twickenham. Maybe, maybe. I don't think it is. I just want to point out, I was the wrong person to ask. To describe was it because there are no dragons in that picture because <laughs> it, it looks like dra- they look they look like dragons from here. No, there's people that are jumping from a burning tower. To be fair though, I've just checked where that hotel is. It's not really towerish. <laughs> it's, it's on the seafront in Brighton, but it is on fire. But it is on fire, and it is a tall building. The, the road and was on me. fire. The road was on fire. A man, an electrical manhole caught fire. An electrical manhole. Yes, the counters. <laughs> that sounds like a weird mod you get in Amsterdam. According to the Brighton <laughs> Evening Argus, <laughs> I think I'm subscribed to Electrical Manhole on Fun and Only Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm just going to say that that was sent to me just before the news broke, and then she sent it again saying, "Oh my God, look at this!" So absolutely mental. Um, it it. We'll go into a reading of exactly what she thinks might happen on Sunday. So I know Gav 
you you look riveted by the thought of uh, Taro deciding the Six Nations, but you're going to have to wait and listen back. Well, in. I, I can I can barely wait, but you know I will I will wait. <laughs> you'll have you'll have to wait. You'll have to. Yeah. Um. So yeah. All in all, though, not a great start for England, and not just because the cards say meh. Shame. Real shame. They're still the best. They're still the best side in the tournament for me. I mean, no, I'm not having it. Ah, not France. Yeah, I'm not having us being better than France or Ireland. But the trouble with Ireland, I I did the the Blood and Mud podcast this week, and Patricia said there's nothing that suggests. She said, I feel nervous going into this, and there's nothing that suggests that after this autumn, I should feel nervous. And I said, history? That would be <laughs> the thing that suggests to me that after a good autumn, Ireland are probably not going to do well. Add that and the fact we're, we're, you know, a year out from a World Cup, which, although usually the year out is usually a good sign for Ireland, that it's that 12 months just before where they look unbeatable and then quarterfinals happen. If they could set up a World Cup without the quarterfinal, Ireland could win it. That's all I'm saying. It's the best looking Ireland team for a while for me. Well, he's come out today and, he, and said that he's pretty much 99% certain he'll have he'll be full strength for the Wales game. Uh, well, so the only doubt is um, Van der Fleur, isn't it? Yeah. Who, I mean, it, you know, it was a big loss, but I mean, that sheer conveyor belt robot factory from Leinster will pop out another one in about 10 minutes. So, mm-hmm. If they were used to Van der Fleur being injured around... This time of year by now, they never. It's like us with mm. with Farlato. Farlato's a brilliant player, but we've just got accept we've had to learn to play without him. Yeah, competitive. Ratty now, James Ratty now. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that, that's an obvious, uh, you know, kind of like for like swap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've both had to practice behind the retreat in scrum. With <laughs> this is how it started for Tulupe. This is just. I like James Ratty, but oh no. <laughs> it, it, it's an unusual one. I, I'm sure we will talk about it, but it's an unusual. I didn't see it coming, shall I say? No. I bet he didn't. <laughs> oh, oh, this is uh, this Wayne Pivac that I could be in the squad? Nah, mate, nah, nah, that's not real. Well, while we're talking about, um, about Welsh players, Gav, uh, some news from the Dragons this week that Hibbard's retired. And Jamie Roberts is moving to Australia for for personal reasons. Yeah, Australian wife. Yeah, I do, the personal yeah. reasons is <laughs> I, I don't want to be a new boat. Yeah, <laughs> I get that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that nice was it? Is the Waratahs? I think he's going to. Yeah. So you know, there's actually a chance he might win something. <laughs> I mean, is it Australia? <laughs> Australian rugby and winning things. <laughs> Well, they'll, they'll I mean, compared to the dragons and winning things, <laughs> <laughs> that Gav's looking this well, bemused and distraught, like is like as if he's never hasn't been a dragons fan for long. I mean, I think it's fair to say that comment isn't that hard. <laughs> it's not that hard, but come on, you know, you don't need to shoot fish in a barrel either. <laughs> I'm a Cardiff fan, you know, I've got to shoot down lower because <laughs> well, wow. there's not many below to shoot. Um, <laughs> But about retiring, Jamie Roberts leaving for the Waratahs. How, how, how do you feel about those news first? Right. Well, you know, I, I love Hibbard. I, I love Hibbard, and I've always loved him. The issue is, he, you know, he's kind of eight years younger than me. But you think, oh, that doesn't sound that bad. But if you realise how old I am, and that he's eight years younger than me, that is a problem. <laughs> Roberts is 
you know, it was fine. We, we lack him in the centres anyway, so to lose him is a bit of a problem. Is there, is there a major issue? No. Yeah, I think the Dragons have got deeper issues than losing two blokes long past their best at the minute. You know, it's uh, how long we'll hold on to Dean Ryan, I don't know, because he's becoming increasingly frustrated with the situation, which I completely understand. Um, I'm just going to say, um, completely off the point for what we're talking about, and I will come back to the Dragons and players and the. But, well, do you know how uh, it's been a long-running joke on the podcast? Yes, I've just seen it. <laughs> About how you're not able to send out email invites for whatever reason. Today, you, I was really proud of you today because you managed to send out email invites. But apparently you sent them to people who are not on the podcast because <laughs> we've had messages going, are you just sending out random Zoom meetings? <laughs> <laughs> but what I don't get is, is I sent it once by the invite thing on here. Yeah, and, and then it came up with an error message saying it couldn't find like it, the three email addresses weren't basically valid. So I had to log into my Outlook, sent it, and it worked fine. Well, it has worked fine because we are here and we could be joined at any moment by a few more rugby guests. Who knows what could happen? Who knows well, who else is this? Fine because I'd still have to approve them, so they're not going to get in anyway. Well, we, we might even be joined by Paul Koncheski. <laughs> He's going to be a contact. <laughs> yeah, there is always that. Yeah. Paul Koncheski, and who was the other one? There was another one. There was another one. I can't remember what his name is. Jilly Flatty. Jilly Flatty, the English women's footballer. That was the other one that's in my phone book. Marvellous. Shall we get back? So, Gav, back to the Dragons. Yes. From one team of all to another. Um. Already an instant replacement for Ibad, which we thought might have been happening anyway. But Bradley Roberts is in. That's a good sign, isn't it? That's not a bad replacement. When you've lost two players who's, who's you know, combined age is, is 73, bringing in a, a Welsh international is, is not a bad move, is it? Is it, though? Uh, I, I like of what I've seen of Bradley Roberts, which is fairly limited. I saw the little bit of time he had for Wales. I've seen some Ulster games. He's a good, mobile, fairly lightweight hooker, much like what we've already got. And what what Welsh rugby needs, not just the Dragons, is some gnarly sods, some big, horrible blokes who are just going to dominate front rows. And he's not one of those. Well, very much Pivak style seems to be to go the opposite way. Whether we'll get the set piece right comes from time because we've got small players... Alex Cobisiero says it's all it's all Jonathan Humphrey's fault because the way we scrummaging is wrong. I'm I'm calling slight bollocks on that. I'll be honest. I don't like what he's advocating anyway. But you, you can't teach fish to fly, can you? And the problem is he's picking lightweight non-scrummaging front rowers. What about I mean, flying fish though? <laughs> well, they don't fly really. <laughs> they glide. The flying fish is retired, so. <laughs> well, yes, correct. This oh, week is yeah. yeah. Oh. European Player of the Year, Dan Fish. Yes, that's a great. <laughs> but yeah, and that's you know the issue isn't well the issue might be done for Humphreys, who knows, but it's one of the issues. But they're non-scrummaging. Yeah, they're not really tough scrummaging players. And I like Bradley Roberts. I would have preferred someone to come in and just give us a bit of oomph in the front row. But there you go. Yeah. He's a very, very hard man to please, his guy. 
<laughs> I'm a Dragons fan. I'm not used to being pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure is fleeting. But Ali. We be like, if you look at the average age of all our front rowers, Reid, I mean, was it other than probably Win? Well, both Win Jones and Thomas Francis, who are our strongest two scrummaging props, you know, they're you know they're close to thirty or at thirty. I mean, how long is it? You know, what age would you say a front rower is probably at their peak form at having learned the game? You know, it takes some time, but then maybe they shouldn't be international separate till later. But it doesn't seem to be a problem for other teams, I guess. But no, I was going to say Sinclair and Gaines aren't old men, are they? Yeah, exactly. You know, and they're both good scrummaging players. But does that go down to the coach as well? Because apparently Sinclair's scrummaging wasn't great until Adam Jones had started yeah. coaching him all the time. Leon Brown was utterly atrocious. Mm. And then I can't remember who it was Dean Ryan got in, but basically he brought in a guy and all he did was teach Leon Brown scrummage and stuff. And he, when he was having a Injury free spell, he was actually doing really well and actually dominating. He did, he did look much better, you know, by his injured again now, sadly. Well, you've got to remember as well, I think, with these props who are developing and are, and it, it is a difficult because there's, there's no other way of learning it than by doing it. Like, even when you put a scrummage machine, you don't learn that technique. You, you, you can scrummage against the machine as many times as you want. It's completely different when you come up against a person on a Saturday. And these young lads have lost a year to COVID. So you've got young players who are coming through and maybe should be into their peak now, but realistically, they're a year, year and a half behind where everyone else was because, first of all, you couldn't train at all. Then you couldn't, you could only train in small numbers and you had to limit the amount of time that you would do. So they have lost a bit of time. Well, young players who haven't had the same as the, the players who are a few years older than them. And we are a very young squad. There are some players who should be better at scrummaging already. And you do question whether they should be in the international setup as props if you can't scrimmage. But also, Kobe uh, uh, Sierra was, was kind of picking on the way that Wainwright binds on the back of two second rows. I mean, he's been playing eight for, for no time at all. He, he's a converted six, so that'll come. We just need time. He's also complaining he doesn't take a knee first, which for me is at the bullshit. You kind of I think it's the whole back five, though. You know, binding a date is an entirely different. It's down to the individual. There's hundreds of different ways of binding a date. Yeah, you know, it's uh, and I don't think it has any grand impact on what a scrimmage does. The way you bind a date. If you're relying on your eight to give you a bit of room, you really do have problems. Well, he picked out Vermeulen and said, "Look at the way Vermeulen is long arms." So apparently, the problem is we don't have players with long enough arms. So we need to call him Mister Tickle's Welsh brother or something. But like. <laughs> He's going to have to be very strong if he's strong enough to pull two second rows together with his head between their asses and squeeze them so tightly they can't be separated. That's the second rows, not his ass. <laughs> they can't be separated by an opposition scrum. I, to me, is bollocks. Like again, like my the front row is my thing. This whole idea of well, it's a, a an eight pack that's scrum. Yeah, it is, but it's still that front three and front five. That, that cause the, the most damage. The, the, type, the type five are the key ones, aren't they? Yeah. Like, and, and to be fair, the hooker doesn't add an awful lot to it on offensive ball anyway, because he has to lift his foot up. So essentially, you're relying on the two props and the two second rows to give you on, and you, hopefully your flankers are keeping your, your props in tightly enough so the drives there from the second row. Exactly that. And we have lost a lot of players as Wales 
you know, in those positions. We've lost a lot of, we've had a lot of change at second row, whether it be because of Alan Wynne Jones being injured or certain second rows throwing bottles at glass windows and having to run away to Japan. Like, whatever the reason, we've lost. Can you rephrase that, it's throwing bottles at the wrong glass windows. Yeah, at the wrong house. Most windows are glass, I think. I think if he was throwing something to the wrong place, we should have considered him for hooker for Wales. <laughs> well, I'll ask, ask what the other hookers do anyway. Oh, Ryan Elias. Yeah. Oh, we were thinking Derry Lake. I was going to say, I, I do like where we've compounded the fact that everyone hates Ryan Elias throwing in by going, we'll call him Derry Lake and ruin his fucking confidence as well by getting 70,000 people on his back when every time a scrum, uh, every time a line out goes wrong. Um, but sticking on scrums, Ali, as you pointed out, there's the new trial uh, yeah. happening whereby hookers have to be hookers again and prepare a player break and not just get ready to smash the opposition as hard as they can and then not move. That's that's me summing it up slightly. Have you have you got the um, what the new law is or can you summarize it? Um by the sound of it, it's more of a new in a new in well, a reinforcement of the current the current law, but I was having a look at it and basically the, the problem is is that you're getting too much pre-engagement, so all the forces coming through the hooker's neck. Which is funny enough why players like Scott Otten and Patrick retire so early. You know, yeah. was it he was twenty five and retired because of all the neck issues. So what they're trying to do is they're gonna have a slightly larger gap at the scrum, which they reduced initially to stop the sheer force going through. And now they've realized that there's the same weight and forces everywhere, but instead of it going across all three players, it's just on the hooker's neck. And uh, I as someone who's uh, had to have quite a lot of chiropractor work. Neck's a really fucking shitty bit of uh, your body. Yeah. It's so easy to break and twist and tangle. And that's when I haven't got, you know, 800 quid of opposition scrum pushing down on it. Well, obviously we've got three here, players who've played in the front row year as well. So I, I have assumed the Ali, that you, you weren't front row. I apologise. Uh, well, one, one, game, one game was loose head prop for an uncontested scrum. Uh, a bit of leaning but other, other than that Indeed. mostly back row yeah I, I saw when we had the conversation before it was there but yeah we, we know what it's like I mean essentially what they're doing is going I, I can't believe it's taking them this long but what they're doing is going back closer to the things that worked before yeah. because sometimes you do need to look at what worked well like the Ucker are playing a break I always struggle with the, the break thing because I was told I used the wrong foot I use my right foot and I was told I should use my left foot because then I'm stepping into it with my right foot, which makes it easier to win the strike. So I don't have to use the outside of my left foot, which I've <laughs> done on more than one occasion. Th- I thought there had to be right foot. Listen, I'll put whatever foot down I want. <clears throat> I thought it was a case of like moving the left leg across to create space for the right leg to hook it, no? That channel yeah. one ball. That's why I've always done. I, I can't, I can't do it. Wouldn't it come through, was it, because it, Luke said usually on your left hand. Yeah. This is, yeah, so as you can tell, I'm very experienced in front row. So left, Luke said it's on your foot, and that's where the ball comes in. So you've, I just thought you'd want your left leg to be able to hook. Yeah, but the but if you bring your yeah, left, so leg, that would be the break. If you bring your left leg across to the right, it creates a bigger gap, so you can cross your leg over and hook your back. Whereas if yeah. you just if you're using your left, it's got to be more of a rollback than an actual uh, than a hook. Because you're putting your right foot there. Essentially, when you take your first step, your first step is your right foot going forward, which yeah. is you. I mean, this is assuming the scrum off puts it in straight, which yeah, which never happens anyway. Yeah, you're quite right. 
And from another era, obviously. I know. Didn't one of the European games, the referee pulled the scrum half aside saying, can you stop feeding it in straight to police? Well, we've had a few little things like that. I mean, can we actually use no, that, it, that? That makes it even better. What actually happened is, have you seen the whole clip? So it was Luke Pierce that, yeah. pull, that pulls out the player running out saying, can you put the ball in um, straighter in the second half, please? And the person he tells tells that to is Michael Lowry, who was a fullback, mm. because he's so short. He actually meant to say it to, is it Doak, the, the yeah. scrum half? Um, just as well, for remembering which side your props, righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. Yeah. Screws and scrums all work the same way. Righty-tighty, yeah. lefty-loosey. Screws, scrums, snaps. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll be seeing now whether it'll make any difference or not. I suppose we'll we'll wait and see if we can get a maybe a few less reset scrums. Maybe it'll give us a bit more oh. stability. And although to be fair, I don't think it's as bad as it was. Is that just me not watching properly? I think it's got better. I, generally, the games I've been watching, I think they're a lot better. Yeah, I think the refs have. So I don't know. What's been going on? But I think the rest must have, you know, banged coaches and players' heads together before games just to get the reset. Also, I'm, I mean, I'm sure I see this, say this every year, but I'm sure we're getting less scrums again, which, you know, might be, you know, similar to how Wales have played against England in the past by refusing to have lineouts. Mm-hmm. They, they might try and get go through a whole game without a scrum. Well, I tell you what would really help with that, that we didn't try so much... Uh, in the past, is if we stop knocking the fucking thing on. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you want to cut down on the number of scrums, just hang on to the ball. It really fucking helps. Not coaching yeah. tips, this thing. <laughs> oh, sounds like my secondary school coach. Get my badges for nothing, boys. <laughs> but, but, but my dad used to coach me, and my dad's coaching literally was run fast. <laughs> he was a prop as well, so you know that's. Uh... <laughs> So obviously he was running fast. <laughs> yeah, no, that was his idea of coaching. Run fast. <laughs> Run fast, pass to hands, done drop it. See, <laughs> sounds like Edward Jenkins um, tweet about what he about what he says to his kids every time they go and play. Who was that? Edward Jenkins was it Edward Jenkins? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so no, we- screw having screw having fun, right? Technical detail, smash a can, it's a <laughs> score tries. <laughs> His tweets them. about Chester were absolutely the highlight of a couple of weeks ago. And um, Irish flags and, and Ivory Coast flags. It, just one of the best accounts on Twitter. Just, I don't know how... He is he's the Ali G of Welsh rugby. Like, how has nobody realised he's on a wind-up yet? Uh, it's, it's brilliant. I, the Chester I stuff, I'm not just, just thinking about it. Uh, I insist Mark Blakeford uses military force. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, at least once a week. You know that you're going to get something good from, from Ed. Brilliant. Keep it up, bud. Stupid. Um, the, my ironyometer broke. Uh, I can't remember if this, was, this would have been, yeah, last week. Um, because the French are not happy because some games got cancelled. Obviously, we're all uh, we're all Welsh regional fans, and we've all been delighted with the way that the Anakin Cup's gone so far. Yeah, with, yeah. Buzzing. Uh, I'm, I'm buzzing, mate. We we got a 28 0 victory over Toulouse, so that's almost in on the record. <laughs> I know Jason Tevy was so happy with our defence, and 
and we did it without without Dan Fish. Yeah. I'd rather that might be my. I um, think that's why they cancelled. <laughs> I heard he might step in. <laughs> terrified. Fear the fish. Let's let's face it. Dan Fish is not stepping anyone, is he? <laughs> um, I reckon I could beat Dan Fish over hundred meters. <laughs> <laughs> Not if those endometers were underwater. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, considering they've they've done quite well out of cancellation so far, where they were either getting 28 nil walkovers or draws for them cancelling in the exact same scenarios as the other teams had. It's a bit rich for them to say, Well, we're thinking of suing you. This is worse than when when Dodson tried to sue a hurricane. Um, um, <laughs> have they also forgot? That like waffles exist. <laughs> like well, this is what, what uh, we need to sweep as well on how France are going to fuck up the tournament this year, <laughs> because we know full well they're going to fuck it up somehow. They're going into this surely as favourites. They've got the best player in the world, the, the best half pack pairing. They've got a pack that's come together quite well. They've got Sean Edwards. There's something that's going to fuck this up for them. Last year it was waffles. How are they going to top that? How are they going to trump waffles? Um, so yeah, especially considering the um, how can I put this? The the high regard that the European rugby, old French rugby, in that's the the, the way that I'm gonna phrase it. It's taking the piss, isn't it? <laughs> the, the problem <laughs> is, I can actually I can actually see the French's issue with it because. There's no, there's been no consistency. It's literally EPCR just making it up as they go mm. along, and you know if that affects you, you're going to complain, aren't you? Yeah. But my problem is right, it affected other teams at a time when it mattered. This game didn't really matter that much. If it was, if there was a time to kick off, they were very quiet when they were benefiting from it. They, they weren't so um, well. This isn't fair. When they had a 28 nil walkover, I'm going to say. No, but I think it was a fear they might end up playing Leinster, wasn't it? That was their, uh, that was at the heart of it. Is that because you, you've got no chance of beating Leinster or because you've got to spend 80 minutes watching Leinster? <laughs> Six and two frees. <laughs> uh, which remember- might be what the scoreboard ends up looking like. <laughs> I think I post, because like, I, whoever the Twitter guy is for, for Toulouse, is, well, supposedly they have quotes on the president, but wow, that was two hours of constant tweeting, pure boiled piss. And I think I commented on one of them, said, I'm, I agree with how you feel. I can't wait for you to speak up about how, um, you know, how Montpellier got awarded the walkover in round two. Yeah. And they got quote tweeted by one of their, I checked, it's like one of their backroom staff saying, oh, the... Uh, this British person's acting in bad faith. <laughs> Didn't mind being said, told I was acting in bad faith. It was being called British, I think. I found more offensive. <laughs> Quite right, too. I wouldn't, I wouldn't stand for that. I said, it's shocking behaviour. Typical French. <laughs> so, yeah, somewhat um, bizarre, perhaps not surprising in any fucking way, shape or form at all. But uh, yeah, the French were not the tough shit, I suppose. Like, well, we we've teams have had it much harder. Fucking get over yourselves. Um, 
you know, Toulouse are going to be one of the teams in the semi-finals of the competition anyway. They just need to get over themselves. But I do understand the issue. I would understand the issue more if they had spoken up before when it wasn't them that were were impeded by it. It's quite easy to say afterwards, oh, well, this isn't fair. Not even like, like I'd have a bit more respect if they were, well, this shouldn't happen to us. But they were, oh, well, this isn't fair that you're doing this to teams. Yeah, when you say teams, you mean you, because you didn't give a shit any other time. Especially when Cardiff sent out a select 15 against them, picking, as I said, anyone who was walking around fucking St. David's too. And they, they weren't sorting on, on it then. And now, how fair is this that they get a 28 mil walkover if they don't do this fix? Fucking nonsense. I feel like it's a slightly different situation than that. I mean, it's a bit more like what happened with Leinster in round two because they got, you know, because yeah. again, they had a 23 ready to go. In fact, I think they had, you know, they had like the travelling reserves COVID clear as well, ready to go. And let's be fair with Leinster, I mean, you know, that would have taken them at least half an hour to make. Oh. And, you know, they, they didn't, no one complained about Montpellier again. It was it Racing again. They they got a walkover from the Ospreys. Um, the, the Scarlets game, where the Scarlets yeah. couldn't play, not because they had zero COVID cases, but they had players who weren't allowed back into the country because of border closures. So mm-hmm. very similar to the French situation where they got a fucking draw out of it. Yeah. But had to lose 28 now. What I don't understand is, is people have got no fucking memory because it happened last year. Yeah. It's in the rules. Fucking deal with it. Yeah, but what didn't happen last year was halfway through when all the French teams had to cancel, just giving them two points for shits yeah. and games. I mean, Toulon turned up to, to Parker Scarlet's last year, decided they didn't fancy it, and then fucked off back home. Like, they were in the yeah, car. Let's face it, we all know the French teams don't like to travel, do we? So, it's like... well. Especially not the Clan I don't like Clan though, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even French. I knew you'd pick up. <laughs> um, in one of the more bizarre but very serious stories of the week, the, the story came out about Matt Hankin uh, forced to retire after being hit over the head with a fire extinguisher. I don't know about you. I've played rugby a few times. And some games. Yeah. I've never been twatted over the head of the fire extinguisher with an helmet on. Is this an English thing? <laughs> well, as someone who's never played rugby in England, I don't know. However, I mean, you're all living there now. I just thought you might have... A... I, I've played rugby in England for 20 years. Uh, you have been twatted uh, over the head of the fire extinguisher with an helmet on? Ne- never a fire extinguisher. Uh, I did once see somebody tied into a bed with fragile tape. And somebody locked up in a wardrobe and the wardrobe pushed into a river. Nice. <laughs> Whoa, hang on. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, well, back the with the ruler as bad as it got for me. Yeah. I, pints. Just drink I, a pint. Shut up. Drink a pint. Drink a short. Drink another pint. Be sick. Right. Go on. You come back in. That's... <laughs> Drink the sick. You miss the drink the sick part. Well, uh, the worst thing I ever saw on tour was in Wales when I was touring with my club down here back in my hometown. And they had a massive funnel, and uh, our skipper was Irish lad. He was coping with the funnel, it wasn't a problem. So a guy got pickled eggs from the bar (laughs) (laughs) into the funnel, at which point he was sick. He then picked the bucket up and then placed that into the funnel as well. Oh, no. 
There we go. <laughs> but if no fire like extinguisher. Legs before you'll never eat one again. No, oh, no, no, no. That's worse than Barry Rugby's saucepan. Yes. Yeah. My brother's uh, playing. Well, right. This is the, the perfect segue into this. Um, my brother's. Um, my brother is down at, at Barry. I'm not going to name any names, but you can work it out. Um, his <laughs> neighbours are Romanian, and they took round Romanian schnapps that they make themselves. And they took it over in a squash bottle and told him to decant it because it'll melt the bottle. So you can already tell <laughs> the kind of thing this is. So my brother sometimes takes up the rugby club when the boys do shots. And um, one week they brought one over, and my brother decided that he was going to tell them that they had uh, fish pilchards that were a Romanian delicacy that you meant to drink to taste the schnapps, taste nicer. Uh, they were from Pets at Home, right? <laughs> <laughs> My brother didn't tell anyone this, obviously, until after they were all gone. But he was feeding them to uh, Nick Williams and the King of Tonga, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good. yeah, I see. Yeah, because Barry has a hell of a coaching lineup to be in. Was it uh, South Southeast One, whatever the yeah. arse end of nowhere thing is? Does it? They got Nick Williams and hopefully say coaching them. Yeah, well, I think, but I mean, it's a. I will say it to him. It's either brave or stupid to be feeding Nick Williams <laughs> dog treats. Uh, can I answer that question? Yeah, well, yeah, I don't think you need to. I don't think you need to. It's I not the first one. Yeah, it's not brave. <laughs> So, yeah, in case you're wondering what goes on at uh, a Barry Rugby Club, if, if anyone obviously offers you Romanian schnapps and snacks, just that's fucking hard to say. Just, just say no. You're not interested. Christian B. My best mate was, thir- was their, thir- their third team tight head for, uh, for viewers. Weird, if you can imagine it, imagine Unio Antonio, but white and ginger. This nice. is my, my mate. And he was telling me, and I think. <laughs> We went, met up with him after he'd had a game and won, somehow managed to win Man of the Match and Dick of the Day in the same game, <laughs> which is still an achievement. So I said, so we had a double saucepan. Is a white ginger Antonio not just Reese Carey? No. No. <laughs> no, it is this guy. Antonio can scrummage as well. That's true. <laughs> so, so can this you guy. Can't, you can't shift the bugger. I'll tell you that. Um... News this week as well that uh, Scarlet have actually signed for feet. I know that's a done deal, but we all knew that was happening. They, they've yeah. done what? <laughs> Get over here. Um, Steph Thomas obviously broke it a, a, a few weeks ago and he, he's bang on. He's so good. I mean, fair I mean you, can, you can sign players that don't have back in the in the position. <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> well, Cardiff can't, but, uh, but everyone else can't. Other teams are, are open-minded to it. I mean, speaking speaking of the big red machine, TM, uh, Carrie has resigned. So you know, but you know, because he was obviously going anywhere now. He's capped. Um, he's one of those ones that I like. Again, he's young enough that hopefully, the side of his game that isn't quite there, the minute will come and he'll become a fantastic. I'm, in fairness to Carrie, if you look like the last couple of weeks before the autumn, he was starting to get on top of on you know you know even like the ball scrum he was getting on top of. And, you know, you'd say that, you'd call that a decent challenge, even without mm-hmm. their full international compliment. Yeah. I think the thing with Carrie is he's one of those players that you're a bit like Vinny Villapola. He need, they need to keep playing. As soon as they have an extended break, you know, because they isolate in a hotel for a month, 
everything seems to just completely go. And like, you know, his few games for the Sa- for Saracens, he, you know, he's starting to look quite good. Then lockdown hit. And then he came back to Cardiff and looked like he'd never been in a scrub in his life. Mm. I bet it's free breakfast in those hotels. That's where it is. I bet it's an all-you-can-eat breakfast. And if you're a front row, it's an all-you-can-eat breakfast. Of course, you know. That's fit- a challenge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because that's not breakfast. That's a challenge. Yeah. Of course, he's not ready to scrummage when he comes around. The lad's full of eggs and not pickled ones either. <laughs> I, I'm egg. just imagining he's picking one of those steam trays of scrambled eggs up and just placing it on the table in front of <laughs> Not even bothering with the beans. <laughs> not even bothering with a plate and then just pour the beans on. That's, a different, that's a different saucepan challenge. <laughs> just ladling her in. Um... Also, news that's uh, gonna get Harley to, to kick off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the floor at first. Uh, Tom Shankman tweeted this week. He's already again. He's already shaking his head. Tom Shankman tweeted this week that he just can't see where the next generation of Wales players coming. There's nobody coming through. Harley, I, I, you're in full agreement. I understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get like like of all the pundits. That you know, you see on Premier Sports and all that. The one who's always say getting really excited about the young the young player who's coming through, whether it's a Ben Thomas, you know, the, the amount of love he had for Jared Evans. For him to say there is no talent coming through, and you're just there thinking, Are you watching the same rugby as us? I mean, I can see some of the point where you know you might not be able to see the full cohesive team, mainly due to the lack of front rowers we seem to be producing. But as we've discussed earlier, I think they come a bit. A bit later on, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's going to take... I mean, but even then with front rowers, I mean, you've got players like Theo Bavakwa and Will Davis-King, who apparently, because according to uh, Graham Price, the, uh, you know, the Premiership, and they've been making a mockery of that when they've been well, scrummaging. So... Can, can we not take Graham Price's word for anything that's said? Graham Price and Barry John should not be allowed near a pen. Or... Can we add Mark Ring to that as well? And well, Lee, Jar- and Lee Jarvis. And, and let's be honest, especially Lee Jarvis. And, and most of Wales online that are now bending Matthew Southgate. But anyway, to say, you, you beat me to my to punch one. Where I was going to say Mark Rings, the second most obnoxious Mark you read on Wales online. <laughs> and I find Mark Rings tricky. I'm sure I've said this on the pod before, and I will say it a million times. When I was a kid, I loved Mark Ring. Mark Ring was my rugby hero, and now when I ever read the tweet, I'm like, Oh, Mark, stop killing my dreams. 250 characters at the time. <laughs> well, I'm sure That's me with Shane. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure there's people who feel that way as well about Lee Jarvis. Like Lee no, Jarvis. No, <laughs> no. No. But, no, but I mean, if you were a Ponty fan or a Calf at that time where Lee Jarvis was doing it, people would have thought, oh, I'd, I'd love watching this guy. And then I, I couldn't think of anything worse to read. Can I just say, as a Cardiff fan and then a, like a Blues fan and a Welsh rugby fan, when Lee Jarvis came along, all I thought was he's not as good as Neil. I mean, he's very different. Yeah, he was very good as Neil. But yeah. yes, well, more more from the Mark Ring kind of mold than uh, than Neil was uh, the Jarvis. Yeah, he was a bit more. You know, he threw the ball around a bit more. He's a bit more. He didn't exactly know what he was going to do. A bit like his Twitter. Um, but yeah, it is all complete bollocks. It's at the nonsense. I mean, you look. As I probably, you look at that, the Welsh squad that's been named anyway, and it's already a young squad. So, first mm-hmm. of all, we don't need to panic with the next group of youngsters are coming from because they're fucking in the team, right? 
Will Rowlands is the oldest player in our Welsh team, and he's 30. In That's the, the bigger. Forwards. Sorry, yeah, in the forwards. Yeah, no, I so you're bigger than Sanjay, though. Yeah. Do you, him, do you want him back? We'll have Fafita instead. No, you're all right. We're doing all right, I reckon. I think he's not in good form. I bet he turns it on for, for Wales, though. I bet he turns no, it definitely. on. definitely. If you want him back, can we have Jab and Sebastian? Is that all right? Well, well I, I take that. He hasn't. That's it. Obviously, he's been called up into Scotland squad, but until he plays, I've still got. Um, we've still got a chance of him becoming Welsh qualified again at some point. Thousand and eleven days. Didn't he get capped? Yeah. I thought he did get capped over the autumn. I thought he played. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but obviously he was born in Wales, and the new the new rules mean that. Uh, oh, he can come back. He can come back. Only a thousand and eleven days before he's uh, Welsh again. I have got a countdown on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote it down as well. <laughs> I can't wait to see and and you, you know like the monthly tweet from one of you two saying only so many days till she having Sebastian. Well, if this if he gets he could play next week and then we've got to restart that counter. Yeah, sure. We're back to the beginning again, waiting. Um, I've completely forgot what we were fucking talking. Well, Shanks, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. But yeah, there's so many of them already in that team, and then in the backs as well. All right, there's not many. In there that are tens or centers, but that's not because they're not about. I mean, Ben Thomas has been involved as a very young, very good player. Yeah. I mean, there's players playing regularly who are good young players. This idea that they're not coming through is bollocks. CD's not old, is he? You know, CD's still relatively young. Mm-hmm. Uh, 26, I think CD is. So oh, he's older than I thought. Yuan as well. But even then, we're getting two World Cup cycles out of him because it's only five years for the this, like, yeah. Yeah. the one after. So we don't need to worry. Like let's send it farm. One one point I did show to I did ask, and no one was none of these people were like, oh, everyone's too old, too old, too old. I went, and the one point I had, and no one's answered me yet, is what is the average age of a World Cup winning squad? Because the South African one wasn't a bunch of fetuses, was it? I, I looked, tried to work this out, and I was getting ready for work, but I just knackered my car. So I was <laughs> so I was trying to work it out then. It wasn't, yeah. I think New Zealand when they did it in 2015 was particularly old. And I think England 2003 was quite close. England uh, in 2015, though, were the youngest squad in the World Cup. And that ended very well for them. So <laughs> I'm on it. It's an opportunity to bring that up. I just wanted to. Um, what happened was England, like, they had the game at HQ, like a tower. And then that tower sort of caught fire. And then... I think actually what, what they had was um, a house of cards. <laughs> and then and then Wales just fucking blew it up. Um, anyway, well, I know what they didn't have in 2015, which is international wing and club fullback Lloyd Williams. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wales have got. I, I did a weird thing, and I don't really know why I did it, but I did. So I looked at how many players were born in the 80s and in the 2000s for each squad. So Wales have got three players that were born in the 80s. <laughs> And four players that were born in the 2000s. England have got two that were born in the 80s, five in the 2000s. Scotland, one in the 80s, three in the 2000s. France are one and four. Italy, zero players that were born in the 80s. And seven that were born in the 2000s, which is remarkable. And Ireland going completely the opposite way. Five players that were born in the 80s and absolutely no one born (laughs) in the 2000s. And Tony Sexton's the same age as me, I reckon. Well, I was going to say... Early 70s. Yeah, five <laughs> players born in the 80s, one born in the 50s, I'm guessing. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, that is, I don't think we need 
to worry at the moment, particularly about where the young players are coming right. from. But right. it's quite clear that they, they're there. It was Tom Shanklin making another point, though. Apparently, I'm making excuses for the worst people again, though. But is is not that Tom Shanklin's a bad person, but uh, I really, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I really like Tom Shanklin. Yeah, so do I. He's got nice energy. Yeah, uh, and obviously we've interviewed him for this podcast, and he was great. And I think what he offers isn't so much, you know, he doesn't give you the stats, he doesn't give you a breakdown. He's a good personality. I think it was just a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. Well, I, I think, is he talking about the quality of players coming through, right? Because uh, apart from uh, Christians, uh, there's not many of the really young ones where I'm thinking these are top players. You know, you could see when Liam Williams was coming through, when Bigger was coming through, when they were younger, they just looked class. And I like Ben Thomas. I'm not thinking he's pulling up any trees yet, though, and he doesn't look like he will do to me. He looks like a squad player. And but is, then, is that the point Shanklin was making, or maybe I'm just being kind? Well, I would say that uh, Basham looked all right. How old is he, 22? Yeah. Not a bit older than I But yeah, Basham is good. Yeah. But then, you know, I'm still hoping for uh, Harry Keddy to be a uh, World Cup winning captain for Wales. <laughs> we we say all this, and this is obviously Tom Shanklin, who did come up through the age grade ranks in Wales, obviously. Like, you know, what, he wasn't flicked from another country, was he? Do you know what I mean? So it's like. Oh. Well, Stad. No, I know, but like, but he, the way the way he speaks is as if like he's come through and there was talent when he was yeah. breaking through. He he okay. wasn't. He was in Saracens Academy, and we won. He well, he's well. She's playing for us. And I'd say Reese Carey's twenty three, and we've already said he's got some issues in his commentary that are coming already. And looks a pretty decent player. I mean, he's already played for Saracens and and done all right, except when he come back to Cardiff. But you know, um, Ben Carter's twenty one. Mm. Yeah, he's he, you know. He's, he looks the real deal, to be fair. Ben Carter is... Yeah. I, I said Jamie Jamie, Jamie Phillips, who's a... I'm sure a lot of people who've listened to the podcast and anyone who's sort of Welsh Twitter knows the poor suffering Jamie. <laughs> I, I, I keep winding him up every time he's uh, signing rooms. I keep telling him we're getting Ben Carter. Because it <laughs> seems to be our thing. If it, if it either sign in from the Ospreys or the Dragons, our second rows. You've got, yeah. you got Screech. Why would you need Ben Carter when be- you've got the Screech? Because we've got Screech. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was saying to Harley. Yeah, but, but that's, because we've that's got Seb Davis. Yeah, so why would you want anyone else? Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, you've Seb got Davis, the script. I've already, I've already I've got Seb Davis to be a centre by the way he's playing the last few games. Seb Davis. Seb Davis is Wayne Pivak's new tight bird. He signed him as a second row, or picked him up as a second row that nobody really wanted. And he's converting him to be a second row come blindside, who suddenly has picked up on a whole, an whole array of skills we didn't know he had. He's doing chips and chip and chase. He's kicking cross field. He's, he did. He did do a fantastic fifty twenty two. Uh, was it against Harlequins? Or, mm. Was he Harlequins or Toulouse? And it was just like, if only Jared. If it was Jared doing that, you know, he might actually get a whale, get in the whale squad again. Uh, Seb Davis is is Wales. It's going to be Wales' answer to Tyg Burn. You did. I was say you did year first, but I think I said it on Monday night, so you did there first. But I said um, there's one issue with Seb Davis though. Uh, Jack Morgan's 22. I would say he looks pretty good. Yeah. Wainwright's still only 24. There's some some young kid on the wing called uh, Reese Zamet. Apparently, some people are talking about. I think we're doing all right. We're doing all right. I saw him the other day. Ah, oh, here we go. I saw Christians the other day. Just before he got COVID. 
Well, yeah, that's what happens if you go to Exeter Uni, I guess. I was going to say, I believe you because you're in Exeter. Where the fuck yeah. are you, Sam? <laughs> you saw this on the on the group the other day. So oh, on Saturday, right. for the first time ever in ages, I took my son to his football training, and there was a kid there who looked more like Wee Samit than Wee Samit does. Like he, I, I even showed my mate a picture of Louis Wee Samit. I went, look, and he went, yeah, you're right, it's true. You've got to remember, there's other people listening to this who don't know that you regularly send pictures of, doesn't this look like? And the answer is always... <laughs> <laughs> and it's usually, doesn't it look like our friend and someone who's been a guest a few times, Phil Lewis? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it's just a man with dark hair <laughs> and tattoos. Yeah, it was, it was a little bit stacked and, and you know quite good looking. That, that's the only thing it does not look like. Phil, all handsome men with tattoos are Phil Lewis. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Sort of. <laughs> <laughs> Wheels, uh, women will dive over too quickly. Uh, the retainer contracts have been. Announced, handed out, however you want to put it. I've just realized it. Um, Ball, I know this is your the one that you uh, you invested quite a lot in. Yeah, I'm like obviously the, the names that have come out are, would fit in the squad, the regular regular names in there and stuff. The one thing I was surprised at and I hadn't realized before was that Georgia Evans didn't get an actual contract in the first place. Whether that's because she's up in Saracens and like um, committing back and forth, I guess like. Doing regular stuff with um, with Wales, it's probably harder than it would have been for like some of the girls in Bristol. But um, like as, a, as someone who sort of starts quite regularly and, and probably starts a lot of the time for Saris as well, ahead of some of the likes of Fleetwood, Packer, um, occasionally there in their back row, I was quite surprised at that. But um, good to see that obviously now we've got up to is it 20, 21 in total, so nine retaining contracts and twelve full time professionals. Um, so obviously it's great to see and, and hopefully. We'll reap the rewards of that in the. But is it April when it comes? When the obviously I think it's March and April isn't it, when the Whitman Six Nations is, or should I say, the TikTok Six Nations when that starts, as it was announced today. That was going to be my other bit of news. So yeah, they've... excellent segue. Right, I, I've got to ask this question before we go any further as well. Are TikTok racist now? Because a year ago TikTok was racist. Have we have have they sorted those issues out, or could this end up being? Uh, a major fuck up. I don't think TikTok themselves are racist. Or they're not, they know anything of that's a young person's. Uh, well, they're they don't, don't bundle me in for that. They're <laughs> I have no idea what TikTok is. <laughs> You've got no excuse. It's it's like um it's like Netflix but shorter. Um, I haven't got time for that anyway. <laughs> it's like Vine but for young people. Oh um, yeah, no, I don't even but. Is their, it algorithm, their algorithm was was racist essentially, and it was it was putting uh, white people there more than anyone else. And pretty much it got raised a few times, and they did nothing about it. Now I know they did say they were going to fix it, and they did offer, or they were going to give um, charities money as well to to try and show that they were sort of working again, as these as they do in PR. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't know if they, they so I think that the worst thing about uh TikTok sponsoring the women's six nations is this a tournament without Ilona Mar in because if anyone deserves to be in a tournament sponsored by TikTok is her. Mm-hmm. I mean she's absolutely superb on there. Her, her Instagram has been absolutely hilarious this week. She she's brilliant. She's honestly brilliant. Going to the Olympics 
and, and uh, TikTok and then Instagram and from inside the Olympics was absolutely brilliant. Did you see the one with the bed? This is where people start thinking that I might actually be older than Gav because I don't do Instagram either. <laughs> I mean, I think it was very harsh that you used him as the bar for old people. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Sam Larner also likes to point out how old I am quite regularly. So, uh... <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's great that they they've got uh, a sponsor, and hopefully, it isn't one that's going to come back to bite me because I, I do think TikTok had worked on it all, and so hopefully, they've they've ironed out any flaws that were there because. It's finally getting some of the recognition it deserves. It's been given its own slot in the calendar. It's been given its own sponsor. It's been given some airtime and actually put on telly. Mm. So hopefully this is the what the Women's Six Nation has needed and deserved for a long time. So I'm, I've got a question for Wally because he's a, a, a women's rugby expert amongst us, I think. Uh, What's the end game, do you think, for the WRU? Do they set up a professional team and then play in their, uh, the Premier 15s, do you think? I think the end game ultimately will be will have to be a, a competitive women's Wales team, whether it comes to being professional side or whether it becomes um, the women sort of achieving something or winning the Six Nations or getting to a certain point or... I think the end game fully for the WRU will be Wales succeeding. I don't think it'll be setting up a region. Um, but I think if we had a Welsh women's professional club side in Wales in the Premier 15s, that will only add to that and develop and, and make it better. Um, but I think the end game personally, from what I'm looking at, um, as I think that, that Wales want to achieve, achieve something with the women's national team first before they try and do that. I think um, it's quite obvious what what we do yeah um going, going back back with the thing about what what we, what the wru's game is i mean if, yeah. if they wanted to do professional contracts i mean it's a bit hard since they're not paying the men's professional teams that for their yeah. contract you know for players that they're supposed to be using there so they, yeah, they're going to make poverty either way so that's I mean, this could be this could be a this could be a chance though to take everything which we think you know might have happened wrong with the men's game whether you know we're like you know boxing the regions up because you know club, certain clubs had too much money and power to start off with and we could actually have a geographical based one similar to the Irish model though it's not necessarily natural even if you, you know you only went to two teams for the women's whether or not the Premier 15s would let let us in or we'd have to try and do a deal with. Scotland and Ireland again, which I'm sure there are plenty of people in Pontypridd who'd love that. I, I think the answer is uh, obvious, isn't it? That what we do is after we take back Chester, we annex Bristol, and then I mean, we've we've already got there's already lots of Welsh women playing there. We've already got a nice stadium set, everything sorted for us. So it, it's quite simple, and then we've got our own region in Bristol ready. I think if the WRU speak sensibly enough to the RFU, they. they the Premier 15s would take in the Welsh team because they, they want to have they want to make it the top women's competition in the world. Yeah. And lots of the Welsh players are quite high profile, you know, jazz and people. And I think it's all it's all useful and it keeps them in the game in England. Uh, and I think yeah, as Harley said, this is a real opportunity, isn't it, to fix some of the problems that happen mm-hmm. with regional rugby. 
let's just focus on building a strong Welsh women's game in whatever way that takes, you know, and not just leaping on the thing for commercial reasons. No, I'm well, just jumping back as well um, to the whole TikTok point. Like, I think that that platform, especially with youngsters, whether it's male or female, is massive. And I think it's mm. like, it's something that will help develop the game. Like, I've, I have a TikTok myself. I have it. I have it to watch what my son's watching because I don't you know why you have it to watch. No, I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll be truthful. I'll say it. I, I, I have it to watch what my son's watching because I believe he's too young to have one, but he, I was overruled and letting him have it. So I follow the similar accounts that he does just to see what is he's looking at and I check his stuff. He seems to be following a lot of accountants. I can't... I can't <laughs> no, uh, no accountants. That's However, a TikTok joke, I, by I, the way. I, if you I, that's I, a TikTok joke. No accountants. However, I <laughs> did... I did meet my girlfriend on TikTok. Is she an accountant? She's not an accountant. Um, <laughs> but like, the, I've seen myself, because I follow other things, I've seen how much growth there's been with certain um, people on there in regards to the women's game, because I've followed like people like Alona Mar and so on, and even even other people that play for like non-league teams and lower, lower level um, rugby teams. Some people like we you know we you know Jess like Jess Hayden, other people similar to Jess like a, a journalist and stuff that are, that are big on TikTok, big on Instagram, and I've just seen their following grow massively. Um, so I think it's it's already being used as a wonderful tool to help develop the game and develop that that core sort of people that will help drive it, and hopefully like the younger generation will just improve that even more going forward. I'd, it's well suited to sport as well, TikTok, I would say, because of the way that it's put out there. You can take yeah. small snatches of games and, and short interviews and put things on there and really hype them up. And because of the way you can use music and effects and everything, you can really make a quality video very quickly, get it out there and, and get it seen. So I, it it can work well that not only doing it as a as a sponsor, but as a partner so yeah. that they'll be producing content. And I think each team's been given their own content producer. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be fantastic for keeping track of the game. It's, it, it, it's really, it'll be quite interesting to see how it goes. I'm I, on, on that kind of platform, I think the women's game will get a lot more content that we wouldn't normally see this year than we will get from the men's. Like, the, the, they will make a massive effort for the first championship, the sponsored by TikTok to make sure the content's out there and, and fantastic, which will then potentially bring that up from the men's app as well going forward. Well, what we hopefully... is that they, they do it quite well with the sevens. They do the, yes. the, the sevens quite well with TikTok. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, our last bit of news is a fucking monumental one. We're not going to talk about it for a lot, and we'll go into why shortly. But today, seemingly out of the blue... Exeter Chiefs have decided they're going to change. I mean, out of the blue, as in they've been pestered for five fucking years to change it or whatever, but they are going to change their branding. They're dropping the, um, let's not fuck about the racist badge that they've got and the racist branding they've currently got and changing it to something far more suited to the club and the area. How are we all feeling? Yeah, it makes, makes me feel a bit easier being in in Exeter's chief country. <laughs> it seems a bit odd they've announced that they're changing the branding, but not until July. Well, 
Well, see, the only thing it seems odd for because that makes it, but why didn't they say back the last time this came up? Well, we're looking into it, but because the season is so close and because it oh, it's underway as a thing, well, it's not going to change because we've got obligations that we need to stick to. And so we'd look at changing it from next year if we do decide to change it. Why just go, ha ha, we were fucking around all the time. We always knew we were going to change it anyway. It all seems a bit bizarre. Which is very fitting for Exeter, to be fair. But it all seems a little bit bizarre. I mean, I don't know what's going on at Sandy Park because, as they first of all, um, it turns out that Slade is now vaxxed. So I didn't see that one coming. Then they signed Jack Dunn, who it doesn't seem to, to fit in with everything. And then, I'm in my mind, Jack Dunn is the one who has changed all this. He's had it written into his contract that they need to drop it because... I wasn't happy with Jack then going there. Suddenly now I'm feeling a little bit better about it. And I'd like to think that Jack is it now my hero. I mean, he's fucked up my plans for him to score the winning try against Tonga at some point. So that just to piss off Izzy Falau when he changes countries. But yeah, it's, it's seemingly come from nowhere, hasn't it? It was, I, I think just before Christmas, the writing was on the wall, wasn't it? And then when Glasgow and Wasps and various people were saying, look, don't bring your dress up to stuff here because we aren't interested. It became... And when they got sponsored by a patch of mud. <laughs> yeah. That didn't help. Exeter's premier uh, business park, I believe you find out. Is. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think the writing was on the wall and they were just holding off for as long as they, they could. Social media has been absolutely hilarious today. On the train on from work, I was reading some of the comments on I can't remember which Facebook page it was. Oh, it was it was a delight. I don't think I've seen the word snowflake and woke in so many sentences in one small area before. Isn't it funny how, how triggered these people who call people snowflakes are? It's hilarious. Um I'm gonna say people who probably can talk about it or definitely can talk about it better than we could um, in ways far more eloquent. Um, Wall, you were our, our roving reporter today, and so within hours of the, the news breaking, you had not one, not two, but five members of Exeter Chiefs for Change. To- yeah, well, I, I did, and then just before it turned down to three, but the other two people had, had that were fully, fully two more important than what uh, than, than coming to speak to us. But yeah, I spoke to um, I spoke to the chairperson of of Exeter Ch- uh, Chiefs of Change, Elizabeth. Um, we also had Ben and we also had Mary on there with us. Um, it was actually quite a nice conversation because the the three guys that I spoke to, none of them had actually been in the same place before, so they never had a conversation together. They've they've never met. Um, a couple of them know each of the big group that they've got. They speak every day and have them for about two years, um, but nobody has ever sort of been there together in person. The thing, and it was, it was a great chat. To be fair, um, it was nice to actually put some some faces to names as well. Um, but yeah, here it is. So we had about a fifteen minute chat with, with the three of them earlier on, and hopefully you guys enjoy it.
So we've all seen the news today that has come out of Exeter Chiefs. Um, joining me to talk about it, we have the chair of Exeter Chiefs of Change, Elizabeth, and also EC4C members, Miriam Ben. How are we all? Great. Really good. Probably a stupid question, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, Elizabeth, starting with you, it's obviously been a lot of hard work, stress, difficult times and um, so on. How, how are you generally feeling today? Uh, do you know what? I went to autopilot earlier when somebody said to me, how are you doing? And I did that automatic thing that you do at the beginning of every Teams and Zoom call during the week of going, yeah, not too bad, thanks. And I caught, caught myself off my phone went, actually, sorry, I'm not too bad, thanks. I'm really good. <laughs> It's been a long time coming and it's finally here. It's happened. So, yeah, buzzing. (laughs) Really happy. Really pleased. Yeah, relieved. Um, A little bit, um, you know, I think we all love sports, so we're all a little bit competitive. So (laughs) can I also say that there's a little bit of a victory high there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's not even um, just about winning. It's about who you're beating. I can't believe you actually said that. Do you know what, after, what is it, almost, is it almost 24 months of, this is how it, you know, and being like, a a lot of the compliments we get is on how well structured and how well measured and how controlled our behavior has been on social media in the face of some of the stuff we've had thrown at us. We've been called scum, we've been called, um, uh, I don't know why this is insulting, but London estate agents who are Saracen supporters or something. We've been called some absolutely horrific, horrific, horrific shit. All the guys have had to deal with shit on their personal accounts um, on the main account as well. And I'll be, uh, one of the, like, I mean, it, yes, it's a team effort and all that crap, but I have to say, hands up to Liz, she's always like, guys, okay, so what we're going to do is we're just going to take a step back. I know you want to call everybody a cunt, what we're going to do is we're going to do it this way focus on the end game you know and it's just been I think there have been many times where the all of us uh, we all have different different roles and we all kind of mix in controlling all the different parts of the social media but there have been many times where we're just like we've literally typed out well you're just a fucking cunt aren't you and then gone screenshot can I say this and this was like I appreciate where you're coming from (laughs) but I think the greatest um the greatest outlet we've had is on our, our Slack channel where we run the yeah. campaign. And one of the yeah. channels we have on there is called What I Want to Reply. <laughs> so that, but, that's um, been a good outlet. Yeah, but not to, not to make anyone cry, but, but I just, I do want to say, Elizabeth, honestly, it's been like the, the, the ability to help us all control our emotions on such an emotive subject, especially having the shit thrown at us, honestly, is that it's fucking brilliant. Absolutely fucking brilliant. Like, you have been think, so helpful with that. I mean, I think um, I, like, I, I always start with world meeting and then I descend into, like, dog shit. <laughs> anyway. I think that's been, that's, that's been really important in terms of how we've been able to structure sort of the campaign and, again, how Elizabeth has kept us focused in terms of what we've needed to do, how we've, again, been able to portray the issues as well in terms of what we've wanted to highlight in terms of not just obviously about the harmful imagery, et cetera, and again, making the focus on why extra need to change, but also as well, making sure that again, why um, it should be a positive um, and why it will be a positive for extra once they've changed. And so, yeah, 
in terms of uh, there's been plenty of times when I think everyone from the group has have seen stuff on social media and we wanted to literally go in and we could have gone in and we could have destroyed all of those arguments and we could have gone down to that level but and it's difficult to maintain that kind of line you do have to have a captain holding you sort of firm basically um but without that at the end of the day in the course of a little over 18 months as a group we've been able to help basically yeah change um a professional sports team's branding for the better this isn't like an ego trip or anything like that because the majority of us are supporters apart from a couple of um sort of people who are rugby fans the, the rogue scots <laughs> the rogue scots but we're, we're, I'm not we're, Scottish, I just want to <laughs> but we're, You're a rogue though, you didn't, you didn't deny that yeah. bit. We're supporters of um, Exeter Chiefs, so this campaign from us has started from a love of Exeter Chiefs. We all support um, the club, we all want it to do better, regardless as to what anyone on social media says about us in terms of the kind of um, misconstrued identities for London estate agents, people who think they know who we are, etc. We've been quite open in terms of yeah. who we are most people yeah. should have been able to recognize sort of who we are in terms of how we um, sort of comment but to be able to do that over the course of the um, last 18 months from extra in terms of the board the management structure this had been going on for they've been aware of the issues from at least 2016 onwards that's when it was in the newspapers it was in BBC over a period of time that's when everything there they should have been aware of that, but they weren't. You had the stock part, the stock box sort of comment of no comment, basically. And that's what we've been able to get some comments out. And slowly, slowly, we've been able to um, raise awareness. And I think, again, one of the other things as well is we've been very, the um, people like Leandra, Tony, um, Stephanie that we've worked with. Um, as well, we're Native Americans, by Native way, Americans so. in the yeah, UK. Yeah, yeah. and and other, other sort of people again through social media. The learning that we've been able to do as well, and what we've then been able to, Laura, Eleanor, everyone, Mary on social media in terms of the amount of stuff that we've been sort of they've been able to sort of pump out, not just negative things about extra change this, extra change this, yeah, really positive things about actually learn about this. This is what we're learning. This is what again to the people sort of want to understand so yeah i was going to just jump on something when you I, I was just now i was going to jump in um on something you mentioned that it fits in there as, as somebody from outside of the campaign it's very clear that your campaign has been not driven at extra you're wrong it's extra work with us in the sense of like mm -hmm. we've learned this let us help sort of educate you as well and i think that's yeah. a big positive to come out of it yeah, we've all said that we've all worn the shirts. Well, those of us who are extra fans have all worn shirts and sung chants and what have you. And, you know, yes, over the last kind of five, six, seven years, at various stages, various ones of us have, have seen the way things have developed in the US and got more awareness of that and thought, well, how is it different for Exeter? It, it's not. Um, so it's a journey that all of us have been on at various, you know, at various paces. So none of us are holier than thou, none of us are perfect, we're all just recognising that it's, you know, times change, things change, and to be a bigger person is to accept when you need to change, you know, that, that's what 
that's how the world gets better. It's how you get better as a rugby player, you know, is by yeah. by learning from your mistakes and, and not doing them again. And so surely it's the same as a human being and as a rugby club. I think we've, been, we've always been quite honest in terms of where we've come from, in terms of our journey, in terms of how we've learned about this. Um, and oh, again, we've come from in completely different sort of areas uh, a lot of the time. And I, I'm always kind of taken back in terms of, again, what Elizabeth was saying. We've worn the shirts. We've all done the tomahawk chop over a sort of a period of time. And I'm taking back to very early days, one of our kind of biggest detractors, let's say, um, who was very anti, a supporter who was very anti our group, I thought we were doing for it uh, narcissistic kind of pleasures, et cetera. And very early on, he was doing, and I think it may have been a few other people, specifically one person was doing some deep dives in terms of our social media, digging out photos, et cetera, and posting them saying, how can you be saying this? Look at you, you're wearing the shirt, etc. And one of our first kind of little, for want of a better word, campaigns was actually, we said, we'll post it actually, and we'll then put some taglines and we'll, we'll share it. Yes, we are supporters. You've proved we are supporters, but yeah. we can change as well. So we can understand, we can learn, we can educate ourselves. There's no reason. I think one of the powerful things that has come out um, is that all the guys who are like, when, when I say that there's, you're talking about diehard supporters, season ticket holders that are part of the group. Um, and so whenever you've got people doing this, trying to do this gotcha, you're not, you know, you, you were a supporter and it's like, no, 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 I'm still a supporter, but just because you support something doesn't mean you can't be critical of certain things, mm -hmm. aspects of it. So just saying that you're critical of a certain aspect of the club doesn't mean that you're not a supporter. In fact, it makes you more of a supporter because you're not mm. blindly, you know, um, cultishly supporting. And that's what made us stand up for it. Yeah. We're saying it's a bit like, you know, your grandparents or whatever, you love them dearly, but they might have some opinions that are a bit iffy, you know, and actually yeah. that almost yeah. makes it like more your responsibility to say, okay, I'm going to call you out on that or let's have this conversation about why you use that word or, you know, how how that word makes people feel or why people don't use it anymore and so on. And so that's why we thought it was more important that it came from that combination of Exeter Chiefs fans and Indigenous people. So it's like we want to make the club we love more lovable, yeah. <laughs> you know? We it's don't like, want to have that niggling feeling in your heart when you're at a game and you hear the tomahawk chop or whatever. So yeah, that that was the motivation for it. And obviously hearing directly from indigenous peoples that this wasn't, you know, none of this came from our heads, right? I think that's one thing people always think is that none of this came from us going, oh, you know, what about the bears? <laughs> the bears must, what, might be offended. Be you know? offended for the sake of being offended. He's like... Yeah. <laughs> As this conversation progresses, you'll probably realise we don't care about saying some things that are possibly a bit offensive, you know, in, yeah. in our language and what have you. So it's it's absolutely not that. It's about doing what's right. When you can see the people from that community have been protesting against it for literally decades, you know, since the 60s. And when you can see that there's numerous scientific papers proving that it's contributing to negative stereotypes, then you've just got to you can't stand by and let that continue when it's your club it's kind of your name yeah. on it as well yeah. you know and I think one of the major issues was that it's really interesting and it's an example we use quite a lot is that 
if they were named after, you know, an African chief or if they were named after mm. some other culture or another race, this would not be a thing, you know, yeah. <laughs> it would not have, I mean, for a start, it probably wouldn't have got the drawing board. It wouldn't have even been suggested, let alone that we'd still be debating it in 2021, 2022. Mm -hmm. So I think that was something that made us really analyze at the start. It's like, well, why do Native Americans and indigenous people have less rights, you know, fewer rights than even other minorities? Like mm -hmm. that's mind blowing mm -hmm. to us. And I think we thought, they're not seen as humans. You know, people don't think that they're present, current people, that they're real, that they, you know, it's, it's just weird. So that was one of the things that we did a lot on social media is trying to raise the profile of all the ways that Indigenous culture is very current and very present and so diverse. And, you know, all the interesting aspects of how Indigenous people are owning their own cultural identity to try and get people to realise these are real people. You know, this isn't yeah. like, what about the bears? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're comparing Indigenous been, people to animals there. <laughs> not going to work, mate. It's been so fucking cool to see like we came across uh, Iroquois Roots Rugby, Thunder Rugby, and it's like, rugby keeps going on about how it's for everybody. It's fantastic. It's great. And um, I, I don't want to go too much into the abuse that <laughs> uh, the Roots Rugby guys received. And these, you know, but um, it's been just so cool to actually meet people. Like I've, I've yeah. probably Ben and I, I I think it's best to say that we're the biggest geeks in the in the in the we kind of go down rabbit holes on on yeah. learning. And it's just been it's been wonderful to learn about, but it's also been really enlightening to see these and they're embracing rugby. And then uh, you know, that's kind of like uh, I think one of our statements actually said, you know, we're giving a two fingers back to them. But and I know that we're talking about like this is a hindsight moment. I think well, I know I am still feeling a little bit overwhelmed, but we fucking done it. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I still I, can't believe it. And, and I don't really feel like believe we're, it. I mean, we're still campaigning. Speaking and blooming, yeah, like catchphrases all afternoon. I'm going to finish this, get the wine, and then just go, fuck yes. <laughs> that happened. Oh, my God, I heard Elizabeth swear in real life. <laughs> just, just touching touch on your little, just touching on your, like, your, your campaign, your community, I guess, you've, you've built that. I know Mary mentioned earlier on, it's, it's the first time really you guys have ever really sort of sat and chatted together as well, apart from sort of the odd message and, and so on. I bet that's nice, nice too. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, so we the announcement. Yeah, so yeah. we've all, um, yeah, we speak like almost every day on message, you know, on our Slack channels and stuff. And that, you know, is 20% campaign and 80% everything else. Um, but we don't know each other, you know, like none of us actually, we, we just came together through social media. None of us had, I think Ben, you and Eleanor maybe had had a couple of exchanges on social media, but I don't yeah. think you were yeah, even yeah, really social media friends or anything, yeah. were you? Ben and I have a common friend, that's it. Like none of us have met each other even online before the campaign yeah. started. And now 18 months later, yeah, I think, it's, I, think it's fun that, I think it's fun that when we found out one of the first things we all started doing was even recorded messages in the Slack. Doing voice notes, yeah. It was almost like, we want to talk to each other, but we yeah. can't because what it's going to work. And we're getting together, we're getting together uh, in a few February. weeks in Exeter, yeah. which I was already oh. excited about and I'm even more excited yeah. now we can properly celebrate as well. Exactly. And this, like, this is, we're the only ones that have spoken as face to face as 2020 yeah. what year are we in two 22 yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah so this is this is like it's I know it's only the two of you but I, I appreciate it but it, this is us <laughs> speaking about it for the first time yeah. and yeah. since we heard it and oh my god 
like I, I think I sent uh, one of the things I sent was literally just the very I won't do it now because I will definitely screaming. It was just <laughs> a squeal. <laughs> it was like a 10 it was second like squeal. 45 seconds long and I still listen to all of it. <laughs> I, I, I did think that people were going to be like, okay, that she sounds like a Kessel set it off. But yeah, it was full on, oh, it's just, it's just fucking amazing. I, I, it, yeah, it's really I good. And I, I, I knew we would do it. But I didn't I've think definitely be been a bit, good. I've done the media interviews this afternoon and um, the couple that I kind of listened back to the first minute of, I was like definitely overexcited, but still thought I was holding it in. So it's there, it's wanting to get out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and and Mary... Like Mary just touched on there about obviously you guys have done it and it's like a, a win of campaign. Ben, yeah. just 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 your opinion on it. But um, why do you think it's so important? Like, what do you think this is going to do for the wider game? I think in terms of, again, it shows that if you kind of believe in something passionately and you believe in terms of actually wanting your club to do better, um, again, supporters can have an influence in terms of how their club can be run. If if you want if you want your club to do better which is what we all started off with our very first almost our first line in terms of what we put out when we first put our petition was we love extra chiefs we believe that 90% 99% of what the club does on and off the pitch is amazing but there's this one part which isn't amazing and we want as supporters of a club to be able to help change it and move the club have move the club forward so in terms of yeah the wider sort of rugby sort of family let's say it shows that yeah eventually people can listen people can move on and people can change and again one of the things that um, we've seen today on kind of social media is actually a lot of our or a lot of the people who had posted that kind of we're familiar with in terms of who've been very anti um the branding change etc very it can never it can never be the same etc a lot of those people are actually looking and going i quite like it actually it's not a, it's not a scary thing in terms of what they're kind of doing. You know, it's not now that they've seen it and it, which is what we've always said it's not scary for them it doesn't change how they support or it won't change how they support the club it's it's still extra chiefs yeah, and that was the big thing because obviously the name hasn't changed as well, which exactly was, ne- was never something that was called for. It was just simply oh. the branding, wasn't it? So yeah, exactly. It's about what image you associate with the chief's name. I think exactly. the other really important thing for for rugby and for sport from it is that I think in my day job I do quite a bit of stuff around sustainability and you know that kind of stuff. And one thing that I'm saying to all the different brands I work with at the moment is you know, people are going to start seeing through your greenwashing soon. You know, everybody is starting to actually scratch beneath the surface and going this shiny little photo in your annual report, what does that actually mean? And I think it's the same for a lot of the kind of, you know, values that sports and everybody say they've got respect. (laughs) It's like, no, no, no. The badge is about respecting indigenous people. It's like, right, but you won't listen to them. So how are you respecting them? And I think what this shows is that you will be held to account. And it does matter that the actions and the impact matches like what shiny words you've got in italics on your website or on your club badge. And, you know, that as a sport, everybody in rugby says, oh, rugby is welcoming to everybody. 
But is it, you know, how many people, it's welcoming to everybody in our groups, but at the end of the day, we're probably not very diverse. I know we think we're diverse, you know, mm. but actually we're still similar kind of backgrounds and similar, yeah. you know, kind of lifestyles. And actually what I think this does is, is show that if some a group of people are saying this isn't welcoming to us, then, then you should fix it. And, and, you know, that's how you actually grow the game and grow sport and show that sport is for everybody and I, I think it's wonderful seeing people like Simi coming up and being pushed before and don't don't get me wrong she's a fucking amazing rugby player but like um being black and being around rugby and being being a black woman and being around rugby you very rarely see yourself represented uh, definitely when I played when I I'm not gonna say when but when I played um I was always the only black girl on the team and that kind of thing so it's great seeing people like Simi coming up and being pushed forward but also I think that when, if you just love rugby, you look at extra Chiefs rugby, and I mean just the rugby, the, the Cinderella story that they have as um, in just in regards to rugby. And begrudgingly or not, you want that club to be the poster child for rugby because how they did it, the way they play, what they've done, outs- just to do with rugby, specifically Rob Baxter, is a genius and I'm limiting that to his rugby. This is on tape, <laughs> yeah. You just check that that's recorded. This is yeah. recorded. Yeah. Is on yeah, it's recorded, but I am limiting it just to his rugby. Rob Bats, when it comes to rugby, that man knows rugby. He knows what he's doing with that team. It's fucking brilliant. Um hate them or love them about their rugby. You hate them because they're good at their rugby. That branding thing, and do you know what I think the supporters should be more because that branding thing was a way because you do get some haters some people that are just going to hate on them because they are Mm -hmm. successful and in listening to to what we've been saying to the club in listening to indigenous people who've written directly to the club melanie from iroquois roots rugby leandra stephanie tony all these people listening to the communities that you're affecting and then making that change you're literally removing one of the things that are just gonna one of the people that don't care they don't give a flying fuck about Indigenous people, they don't care about Native Americans, but they're like, oh, I can hate on them for that. And you've actually, they're kind of probably going to hate you more because they're going to be like, oh, no, I can't get at them for that. So it's it's nothing but from Esther's point of view, and this is one of the weird things about them dragging their feet, all I can see is wins for them. Yeah. All I right, because I think of Exeter, and I think one of the things that, you know, is a key component of their brand and their appeal, as you said, it's the underdogs, it's the, you know, they're a grassroots club you know like literally only two decades ago they were playing very grassroots rugby you know they had quick a quick extension once they got into the premiership obviously but it was still a surprise that they even got in the premiership we were all like what no Bristol should have won that (laughs) you know so and, and and the way that still feels like it's the spirit of the club you know there's lots of people who have come through those years they're so recent who were at the county ground and you know bringing your own mug for your team what have you and obviously the fact that it's got one of if probably not the most homegrown squad uh that it's you know i know we've brought a few people in in the recent years but it still doesn't feel like it's a a money you know grown club it feels like it is organic at its core and i think part of that has to be you know if you're about your local community you're about all community you know and you're about listening to the small people and giving everybody a voice and giving everybody a say and being that kind of, you know, wholesome club. So, as you said, it feels like a win for their branding as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely. Brand so ethos. 
<laughs> so obviously the announcement was today. Um, Liz, mm. just finally, then what would you say is next for you guys between now and like the actual rebranding going live in the summer? And then beyond? Um, quite a lot of wine. Most urgently, um, London, London Irish away on uh, Saturday. <laughs> we really do need five points. So looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think, you know, we're obviously going to take a bit of time to enjoy this. Uh, we're, you know, trying to still promote the the reasons for it as well because I know lots of people will just object to change and it will take them a little while to get used to it but I think it's important at this stage just to remind some of those people this is you know at the will of indigenous people and and it's not yeah. just woke no. snowflake lefty liberals <laughs> trying to find something to cry about so I think yeah. that's important to get, still get across now and um yeah, and then we'll see. I know that the Native Americans we've been working with, who the ones who are based in the UK, um, there's a few other things on their radar. So yeah, we wanna wanna support them with that and uh and look forward to our celebrations when we get together in February. Yeah, I think we need to open up a um maybe do a whip round for Laura. One of the one of the guys on our team, Laura's gonna go on a serious merchandise shop. Yes, she's not been able like to buy her anything because she's like, I'm not having her wear that. So, that yeah. so I think so I, you're yeah. exactly right. I think it's one of the first things we need to do is get Clara a new extra <laughs> chiefs yeah. I think, Well, I think that, that kid is going to be the most, yeah, stashed up kid oh, going oh, around. We all love rugby stash, but a three-year-old having rugby stash is amazing, isn't it? Yeah, she's so cute yeah. as well. She'll Literally, awesome yeah, head to toe. Brilliant. Thank you for joining me anyway, guys. And obviously, fantastic work that you've done and, um, and hopefully it continues. Thank, thank you, you thank so, you much so much for your support as well. Yes, okay. thank you. Yeah. No problem. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for that one. And again, thanks for Extra Cheese for Change for coming on and talking about that. It's a massive day for them. So it's been absolutely superb that they give up some time uh, to come on and talk to us. I was going to do some, some quick what happened last weekend. I'll be honest, I don't know if I'll bother. Leinster twatted some teams and then Bristol and Scarlets were amazing. And I think that pretty much sums up the weekend. Oh, and, and uh, Mike Adamson was shit. But the last mm-hmm. one... Um, so... The only thing that they've deliberately avoided is Kyle Sinclair Instagramming quotes from Chairman Mao. Now, <laughs> I, I say deliberately avoided. It was obviously my introduction for you all at the start of the show. Kyle Sinclair put up a photo of himself along with a quote from Chairman Mao. People rightly got a bit. Do you, are you sure you want to be you want to be um, using quotes from fascist dictators? And then he, instead of taking time, you say it did a bit, which was far more hilarious than if he had just left it. When he went, sorry for calling him my man, I think was the, was the phrase that he used. So it was absolutely hilarious. So what we're going to do, rather than talk about that, we're going to have a little quiz. And my quiz is uh, rugbyans. They're all fascist dictator. So what we're going to do, I'm going to give you some quotes. 
and you're going to decide whether it's from a dictator or whether it's a status under a picture of a rugby player's Instagram. So it's nice and simple. Um, for a bonus point as well, if you like, you can you can guess who said to you. If you want to try and name the player or dictator that you think it is for a bonus point, that's where we'll go. So on what I did say, it's a momentous day. We don't usually name the quiz. It's always been the as yet unnamed quiz of the week. So this week we've got a quiz. We've got a name. So quote number one is, uh, do not compare yourself to others. If you do, you're insulting yourself. Do we think that's a rugby player or a dictator? That's, that's rugby player all over. That's, yeah, that's rugby player. I don't know, like, that sounds like it's Carl Singler tweeting a dictator. So <laughs> so you, which one are you guessing? I'm going to answer with my usual non-committal answer of yes. <laughs> I'm going to say I'm going to say James Haskell. Yeah, I'm saying Haskell. Haskell was exactly that was Haskell territory. You're very close. It was Adolf Hitler. Tweeted <laughs> um, <laughs> by James Haskell. <laughs> uh, everything I did, I did for my country. Are we going um, player or dictator? Oh, God, that is a dictator, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is a dictator. I want to say it's Marshal Tito. I might be wrong though. I, I, I've got a feeling it's a dictator, but it sounds so much like, um, oh, it's that Pablo Matera in that New Zealand game. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's actually Nixon, the actual quote. I'm fairly sure it's Nixon. Yeah, it is Nixon. It is Nixon. It's from the end of that manic song, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's um, from my country, yeah, yeah, of course it is. It's Nixon. No, he wasn't a dictator. He was democratically elected. Um, I did like... <laughs> I don't think it's a fascist. I think it's Matera. Well, <laughs> potato, potato. Um, <laughs> it was actually, originally it was Pol Pot. It was Pol Pot. So, we, so a, a point each for you. Um, behaving with a considerable amount of compassion and courage at the forefront of your intentions as you experience life will set you on your way to the path of some kind of meaningful way. That's kind of Sinclair, isn't it? That's definitely a Sinclair. <laughs> That's definitely that, a rugby player, whether it's a sinker or not. I don't know, but that's definitely a rugby player. It's worse than Sinclair. It's uh, Max Lahif, who is oh. far worse than anyone else on this list. Uh, <laughs> there was someone who is about right for TikTok level. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the object of criticism, but I think that since I'm being discussed, I'm on the right track. Ennis Gentry, rugby. Mm. Oh, that's it. I was going to say, it's definitely a sort of dictator thing, but it's also the sort of thing someone like Haskell would love. It's uh, Kim Jong-il, actually said that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm loving the race is going so far. Uh, the more difficult it is to reach the destination, the more you will remember and appreciate the journey. Isn't that, that's just of someone's Facebook post with a picture of someone stood in the rain, isn't it? <laughs> I've, def- I've definitely met a girl in the club with that tattooed on her back. <laughs> Uh, what are we going for? Are we going dictator or rugby? I'm saying dictator. I'll, I'll go rugby, just be different. Uh, it was Quaid Cooper, which I felt bad for including because I love Quaid. Uh, real change, enduring change happens one step at a time. Dictator. That almost sounds like Gandhi, but you know, this is when you realize you know it's the exact opposite of Gandhi. <laughs> it's this Danny Cipriani. <laughs> Uh, anyone can deal with victory only the mighty can deal compare defeat well my history degree is going well here uh, I'm going to say dictator again 
As you've just said dictator every time, I think. <laughs> no, I, I, I said Marla once. So, yeah. No, to, be fair, to be fair to Marla, Marla's tweets are normally about the toilets at the common services, so... Yeah, I, I'm i going to let that out the bar. I tried to find one because I thought Marla was, was prime. So when I was searching, Marla was one of the first ones I looked for. And his, his Instagram is very normal, if not very boring. Uh, so, yeah, anyone can can deal with victory. Only the mighty can bear defeat was Adolf Hitler again. How well did he deal with defeat in the end? Well, well, he shot himself. But other than <laughs> that, he was doing all right. I've seen downfall. Um <laughs> Nobody has had it better or worse, but of course, this can be a difficult truth to traverse during a torrid time. That's a rugby player. Yeah, rugby. I thought that was the one that sounded most like a dictator. <laughs> be grateful for what you've got, not what you've not. That sounds like what my nan would say. <laughs> so, I mean... dictator. I'm probably the same age as Harley's nan, you know. That's uh, that's quite rude. Oh, but, no, uh, no, not quite, Gav. Don't do yourself that much. Disgust. <laughs> I'm the same, the same age as everyone's nan. Uh, I'm going to say rugby player. Well, dictator. I was hoping you'd say that because it's uh, apparently you met him once. It's Dan Carter, who probably is the same age as Harley's nan. Yeah, I did, um, I did meet him once. Nowadays, runs about as fast. <laughs> They can be neither today without yesterday, nor tomorrow without today. I'm saying dictator, but it also sounds Sinclair. <laughs> Everything sounds like Kyle Sinclair, doesn't it? It'll be rugby and it'll be someone random like Eddie Butler. <laughs> um, I don't know. I reckon I reckon it's a uh, it's an outtake from the Exit Chiefs video. <laughs> It was part of uh, Tony Rose's statement this afternoon, which is awful if you watch. It's terrible. Um, yeah. He's future Scarlet owner, Kim Jong-un. Um, if you're afraid, don't do it. If you're doing it, don't be afraid. Rugby. Rugby. That's got Instagram wank written all over it. It was Genghis <laughs> Khan. <laughs> what was it? Genghis Khan. I bet he would have had a great Instagram back in the day, old Genghis. What I, I'm, I'm calling rubbish on that. Mongols weren't even there. Uh, they didn't have written the history. There's no way people... I, I thought history. you were going to say they didn't have Instagram. I was going to say, I don't think you've understood the point. <laughs> <laughs> no, he had, he had MySpace. Uh, <laughs> way back when... It sounds he, like, it sounds like one of those fake Facebook quotes, like, nothing is more dangerous than the internet, Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> um, and my final one. Um, we purify because it builds fortitude and shows strength uh, and sh- shows the strength for us where we are still attached. I'm going to go rugby. That's what Rug- rugby and either Eddie Jones or Clyde Woodward. It definitely sounds very Woodwardy. It is Man <laughs> of the Jungle, Joe Van Niekirk. <laughs> And that's some that's the end of rugby insta or fascist dictator. And I'll be honest, with every one of those, if I didn't know the answer, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference between the fucking two. Can I just add one in? Because there's been a live one from Kyle Sinkner in the last hour. Yeah, go on. If you're not aligned with me, then eventually you will be. A dictator. I'm sorry, that, that is a King John. <laughs> <laughs> so let's finish as we always do with our winners and wankers for the week. 
So we'll go winners first. Um, winners no, first? We always go wankers first. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. We'll go wankers first. So, uh, go on, Beans, you're diving in then. My, my wankers of this week were originally going to be all of the people that gave a boost to young Alfie. Which, well, to be I'm fair, gonna... they shouldn't give him the abuse, right? So they I'm are gonna... still wankers. It's However, not as far as a racist. Exactly. So <laughs> they are they are the people that I'm going to name as my wankers, but we also had to acknowledge the fact that his dad might be one of them. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm not sure I can call him a racist, so I might have to bleep that out twice now. Um, but what I will say is some of those tweets read very racist and homophobic. Yes. And we'll leave it at that. Um, Harley, your wanker for the week? Uh, like I said, my big one before we discuss is Tom Shankman for that tweet, which, as we discussed, is a bit of a knee joke. And actually, yes, kind of series coming from, but it's sort of pretty shitty tweet. Yeah. My other wanker, who's also my winner of the week, is Connet Rugby. And they're my wanker for the week. I'll explain why they're my winner for the week. But they're my wanker for the week because them losing to Starve meant that uh, Cardiff didn't make the knockouts. Good as fair as a fair answer. Gav, your your wankers for the week. Uh, the internet. Uh, <laughs> I, I just because. All right, maybe you were right to compare him to old people. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I've just I've seen so many horrifically hot takes about rugby this weekend on the internet. I mean, I've either got to give up rugby or the internet. And uh, you know, can rugby will keep going, I think. So it, it, it just, no, honestly, it just stop writing stuff, people. Well, as someone who's lost uh, a few minutes of a podcast and then I just drifted out in this one, I just, it cut me off. Um, yeah, the internet's a prick. Um, <laughs> one gets for me are the French leagues because they just, they, they made me laugh so much with that, that tweet they put out. Just what a bunch of knobs. Um, and then our winners. For this week, and we'll go on, we'll go the same order. So start this off. Well. Um, so my winners this week, um, I think have to be um expertise for change. Um, the fact that they've managed to obviously persuade the club to do that. Um, one thing that was as you would know when you're listening to this, that but the guys on the pod won't because they wouldn't hear it yet. Like when when we had the conversation, they they went into detail about how like their campaign was always about working with them. It wasn't like you've got to change this, you've got to change this. It's like we've been educating, let us educate you and let us help. Um, but they did tell me a little story, which I think will be wonderful if it happens, um, and hopefully it does, is we ended the, the, the conversation just chatting about what's going to happen going forward and what's the first thing they're going to do. And they were quite looking forward to this. There's somebody within their group that has a three-year-old daughter who refused to buy anything extra Chiefs while they had that badge on there. And now already she's put in there that she's excited to get stuff for the new things on there. So they've already decided that they're going to sort of try and do some kind of like little just giving or something between them. So that as a group, they, as a collective, they contribute to like buying her her stash, which I thought was quite cute to have like their first sort of rugby stash as a three, 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 four year old by the time she gets it. So, yeah, that organisation are fantastic for the work they do and doesn't stop here. Uh yeah. Ali, I said Ryan, Ryan, Ryan stole one of mine with um, the extra Jesus change because I've been doing some, I, since I joined Twitter I think it was one of the first accounts I followed and you know I found that quite opening, not really thinking about the Chiefs branding before then yeah um, you know and, and you know it's, and it said it's, as Ryan said you know it was always about working with people and it, 
yeah, I mean, it's great news. And, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I have heard from one of my friends who's sort of like in, you know, her rugby team in, in the extra area. They were a bit disappointed it was a wasn't a gender neutral logo. You know, they I think they wanted the um extra they changed the excellent extra elephant so that they could come out to the baby elephant walk. But I mean, you know, I think I mean, you can't deny this is a hell of a lot of progress. I mean I mean, you know, and I don't see anything wrong with having um either Don Armand or Jack Knoll, depending on how you how you look at the logo, it's gonna be one of those new vase or two faces things. But my my other winner is Connor Rugby. Because despite knocking Cardiff out, they've made the knockouts for you for the Heineken Cup for the first time ever in their history. And I mean that's a fantastic team. They've got some really good fans. And you know, it's you know, great for you know, great for them. They've been working really hard. And you know, at least one of the fun teams in the URC is getting to play knockout rugby. And... Even if, even if none of them were Welsh. <laughs> uh Gav, your your winners for this week. My winner, we've mentioned a few times already, is Alona Marr. I just, she's she's just splendid, and she was player of the final in the uh, the sevens uh, for the USA this weekend, and she just brings joy to this silly game we all love. And I think you know sometimes we forget it's meant to be fun, and she brings a lot of fun to it. And is an absolutely fantastic player as well. You know, kind of is committed to the game as much as she's committed to, you know, not taking it too seriously. Yeah, agreed. And um, I, I'm not going to take any credit as well. Uh, my, my girlfriend, Emily, was the one who, who showed Ilona Mars um, TikTok to me and her Instagram, and I was instantly hooked. She's absolutely super. And I said, the fun back. But what she does is she puts the fun back in the game without being annoying. There's mm-hmm. so many people that do the fun thing and you think actually you're just a twat. My faith we looking at you. Yeah, there's a few, there's a few. <laughs> I just jump in the only very small negative I've ever found about her is the fact that she still hasn't replied to my DM about being on the podcast. Yeah, I wouldn't either. <laughs> um <laughs> I mean you've probably sent her an invite, you've sent one to every fucker else. Uh, <laughs> my my winners for this week, it was gonna be uh Bristol Bears and the Scarlet for putting on just a fun, entertaining game. Uh, I was hooked from the, the first second, and it was absolutely brilliant. And that at the time, even when Bristol had the, you know, they, they were slightly behind and looking for points, and instead of going for the post, went to the corner, and you went, yeah, that's what this game's all about. This game from the first kickoff has been like that. Um, but obviously, it's been trumped today. So my winners are, are Chiefs for Change um, and everyone else who's had a little hand in this. So uh, Iroquois Roots Rugby for, for really putting out there, writing a letter to Exeter Chiefs and obviously being uh, a First Nations team and, and quite vocal about it. Blood and Mud for everything that they've done to, to make people take notice and giving Iroquois Roots Rugby um, at a stage to which to speak from. Uh, the Scottish Rugby Podcast who got involved and, and then their own thing and wrote a letter to the SRU and the Glasgow and and obviously did they a thing on their podcast Glasgow Warriors themselves for, for putting the pressure on and sending the, the notice out to say that they, the um, the chanting and the war bonnets were welcome to Wasps for making their statement and their stand against it and to all the sponsors who clearly despite what they say did the same behind the scenes 
and and pulled their funding and, and kind of put pressure and leaned on Tony Rowe and it was just the perfect storm. And everyone who sent the tweet, who sent the letter, who, who stood up and said anything about it, it was a perfect storm. And I, in the end, they had no choice but to change. And it's great to see that they finally done it. And I, I've said it before in the past, they're a team that you want to like. Like they've they've come from virtually nowhere. They've built themselves up slowly as a business model and a rugby team. They've done it really well. So now if they can get a culture on board as well, perhaps they'll become a team that we can all support. So yeah, every every person who's been involved in this change, they're my winners for this week. And so on that note, that's all that's left is me to thank you, Wally, for for coming on and for doing the interview earlier on today. Thanks very much. Thank you, Gav, for for coming on as a guest again. Thank you, Ali. It's great to have you back. Uh, thank you to the Extra Chiefs for Change for giving up their time and doing the interview earlier on today. And then thanks to you for listening. Thanks very much. Bye now. You've been listening to Rock and Roll. If you've stuck with us this far, leave us a review. Follow us, not just you, but on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And drop us a message. You're a pretty friendly bunch. It'll be great to hear from you no matter what you want to say. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much for listening. Bye for now. Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. Eighteen plus.